2: Hello, and welcome to episode number 249 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, and I've got a really great show for you today. I brought back on my good friend, Veronica Peretti. If you've been listening for a while, you know that she's one of my favorite astrologers that I have on the show a few times a year, just to give us a little astro updates so that we can just kind of know what the energy is going on in the world and how it might affect politics, society, also our personal lives, including love life. Now, this episode is a little bit longer than I intend, so I'm going to make this intro nice and quick so we can get right into it. But I really think you're going to love the show. I do highly recommend looking to see where some of the things that Veronica is talking about are playing out in your chart, because obviously in our conversation, we only speak of things very broadly. You can just Google free astrology chart And you will find probably like Astro Theme or I know there's a few others that will pull it up for you. But I can't recommend enough getting a reading. Obviously, I love Veronica's interpretation of the stars. So I recommend her. I also really like Chani Nichols. She has a brand new app. I don't think she does too many one-on-one readings. But her app is great. I would say the one little caveat I have about it is she does whole sign houses. So for example, I'm a rising Sagittarius. So for her, my entire first house is Sagittarius. Whereas if you look at the exact time when I was born, I actually have some Sagittarius in my 12th house and then it, you know starts off the first house. Then I have some Capricorn in the first house and it starts off the second and so forth. So sometimes depending on where some of the planets are being placed, Chani might say something's going on in my third house and it's really going on in my second house. And that's because she uses whole sign houses. Um, She's the only astrologer that I know that does that. Veronica doesn't do that. Some of the other ones I mentioned on the show doesn't do that. Uh, I still like using the app because it just kind of gives me an idea of transits and energy and what to expect and how I might want to plan business, personal things, all that kind of good stuff. But I do recommend looking to see where it's playing out because there's a lot going on in the sky and 2020 was um, a lot. Uh, 2021 will continue to be somewhat a lot, although not as much as 2020. Uh, But like as Veronica said, things are looking up. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel, kind of, so to speak. All right. I will not allude to our conversation anymore. I will let you get right to it. So without further ado, here's Veronica.
1: Hi, Veronica. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah,
2: I'm super excited. And I'm hoping that the astrology in 2021 will be a little maybe lighter than 2020.
1: (laughs) Um, Definitely a little lighter, still some challenges, but not 2020 level challenges.
2: Yeah, I hear Uranus is going to be kind of like the shit stirrer this year. Is that right? Yes.
1: So I always call Uranus the equal opportunity shit stir. I like to think of him as like your favorite real housewife. Like you always <laughs> want Uranus in the mix if you want like chaos and drama.
2: And for those um, who are more in the bachelor franchise, that would be like a Victoria. So
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a bachelor girl, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm only Bravo literate, <laughs> but not like texting you and being like,
2: okay, if I were to start with watching the real housewives, like what season would I start with? But then I'm like, God, I'm so like deep in the bachelor franchise. Do I have time and emotional energy? You know what
1: actually would be a good one? I'm obsessed with Salt Lake city right now. And they just started, this is their first season. I would say get into Salt Lake now on the ground floor because it is so good. And it's so good on so many levels. And what I really love about it is even though, It's like so far into the realm of, we've been in Real Housewife world for 15 years now. And like to have a new franchise start 15 years in and to feel so fresh and the women to be like so vulnerable is so rare. Mm -hmm. And I love them. I think they are gems. I'm so into it. It's like, it's really, a lot of the Real Housewives are very stale right now. Like OC just needs to be over. Beverly Hills just needs to be over. New York is going through some growing pains, but I think they'll find their way. Like a lot of them are really not in their heyday right now. And so okay. for Salt Lake is just feeling really fresh and really, really good.
2: Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out once I finish <laughs> Bridgerton.
1: <laughs> oh, I love Bridgerton.
2: I'm like savoring it. I watch it during Marshall's first nap of the day. Anyways. All right. So talk to us, tell us, and this is just, yeah. by the way, this is going to go out the end of January. Um, I think it's the 28th, whatever that Thursday is. So okay. after that, what's going on?
1: Yeah. So the big news this year, so I just want to do a quick recap of last year so people really know where we're starting from. Okay. So the big thing last year, 2020, was that we kicked off the year with this this once every 35 ish years conjunction of Saturn and Pluto. Now, Saturn is the restrictor. Pluto rules death, rebirth, power, transformation. So, having these two big guys get together in the sky only every 35 years or so, it's not something we see often. You know, most of us will probably only see it two, maybe three times in our life, right? So, It's not a small thing that we had that conjunction right off out of the starting gate. That was January 12th, 2020. It happens to be the day that I forgot what organization, but some organization actually said coronavirus is a thing. It got classified as like something on that day, January 12th. Mm -hmm. And at that point we had no idea, like we didn't even, we knew that was happening in China, but we weren't even all that worried about it. Like we, it was probably like, you know, something at the 28th minute on the 30 minute nightly news at that point, we didn't know it was going to change our lives. Yeah. So that is really interesting timing, right? So Pluto really seeks to find the stuff that's underneath the surface Mm -hmm. and bring it to the light. Mm Mm-hmm. Saturn really likes to maintain order. Mm -hmm. So, these two guys, as you can imagine getting together, they're not, they're strange bedfellows. They don't really talk the same language so much. So, they're both, they were both in the sign of Capricorn, which rules government structures, financial structures, it rules buildings, it rules Earth, it's represented by the mountain. And so, when we're talking about these two guys coming together in Capricorn were like, okay, there's something that's going to happen in 2020. Some structure is going to break down. And because Capricorn does rule the banks and the financial institutions and Jupiter was also going to be in Cap, was in Capricorn in 2020. So Jupiter came and joined the party. So at first it was just those two guys and then Saturn and Pluto are hanging out and then Jupiter comes and joins them. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, we well, you know, looking at it, I don't even remember what I said at the beginning of 2020, but I imagined that what I said was that we were going to have some sort of economic correction because the last time Jupiter was in Capricorn was 2008 and we had the recession and this was going to be a much bigger one. So I think at the time I was thinking it's very possible that we're going to be in you know, recession slash depression territory. Who knew that it was going to be because (laughs) of a pandemic, though? That one I did not see coming. Although now in hindsight, if we do look back through the patterns, there are quite a few pandemics that have occurred with those planets getting together. Now, Jupiter joining, that was really once-in-a-lifetime astrology. We're not going to see that again. So three of them together like that. Yeah. So, because these are outer planets, you know, they yeah. don't—they're not so close to Earth. You know, Mercury, Venus, Mars—they all, you know, play together a lot more. The planets that are further away, when they get together, it really makes the Earth shake. Uh-huh. So, when we had that happen, we're like, okay, we—we we knew that was coming. We knew it was going to be big. I don't think anyone thought it meant we were going to be locked in our houses for over a year. With that said. There were lots of other big things that happened last year. And some of those were Jupiter and Pluto met up three times. We had many retrogrades. It was like the year of the retrograde. We had all the outer planets go retrograde half the year. Not a big deal. But Venus and Mars don't go retrograde every year. So when Venus and Mars both went retrograde last year, on top of everything else was going on, plus Jupiter and Pluto getting together three times, which was also a very rare event. They usually get together once say goodbye, see each other in another 12 years to get together three times because of Jupiter's retrograde cycle was kind of a big deal. So Mm -hmm. now we're like, Oh my God, how can we have all of this huge astrology that is, you know, once in a lifetime, twice in a lifetime, three or four times in a lifetime astrology packed into one year. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, Oh, but that's not all. We also finished the year with a great conjunction. We also had a two new moons in 30 days in the sign of Cancer. So all the Cancer Capricorn, Aries, and Libra people are like, I am so over 2020 because the cardinal signs got really hit hard with all the big party in Capricorn was opposite everyone who is a sign in Cancer. And the Cardinal signs are Aries. Aries, Capricorn. Libra, Capricorn, and Cancer. Mm-hmm. So they're on that quadrant axis. Yeah. And so all of those people, you know, including you and me. We were really getting our butts kicked in 2020 with all of that stuff happening because Mars was also in Aries for six months of the year, which was incredibly rare. Mm -hmm. So rare to have Mars retro like Mars goes retrograde every two years, but to have him stay in the same sign. So often when a planet goes retrograde, and you'll see this with Mercury sometimes, you'll see this with every planet that goes retrograde, it'll often retrograde, let's say at, you know, let's say the planet, let's say Mercury retrogrades at eight degrees. Gemini, then it'll on its retrograde journey dip back into the previous sign Mm
3: -hmm. of
1: Taurus, station go direct, come back through those last degrees of Taurus, and then head back into Gemini and then get going on its way again. To have Mars retrograde at 28 degrees Aries and then only stay in Aries for six months was like having the pressure on. So Mm -hmm. the whole last half of the year was just like, Anger, frustration, feeling like you want to go, 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 but someone is not letting you out. Yeah. And so that's really how everyone felt. Everyone was like, I am so over staying home. I'm so over quarantine. And we started to see people just say, I don't care. I'm going out. You know, yeah. I'm going to do what I want. And that was the Mars and Aries squaring all the Capricorn fun stuff, especially Saturn. So We had a really big year, a really big year. And frankly, we all need like a really long nap, like a really long vacation (laughs) after last year. But we had this big thing that we were all looking forward to. And we're like, okay, so the end of 2020, we're going to have the big payoff. It's going to be the great conjunction. Yes, it's here. It's coming, right? So December 21st, which was the winter solstice, we happened to have Saturn and Jupiter meeting up. Now, that is once every 20-year astrology. So that means that every 20 years, these planets meet up. Saturn is, again, restriction, caution. Jupiter is growth and risk. We love Jupiter because he makes everything bigger. Whatever he touches, he amplifies it. Saturn, we don't love so much because Saturn really likes to put us in our place when Saturn these is two
2: misunderstood,
1: <laughs> Saturn all. is misunderstood. I <laughs> personally think that like, we need Saturn to grow. That's the thing. Yeah. So Saturn is like the wise elder of the Zodiac. Yeah. And we need him to grow, to learn our lessons and to build. We listen, yeah. the truth yeah. is you don't know what freedom is unless you have restriction. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really kind of, to be perfectly honest, that's the theme of this year. Like, we're kind of jumping to the punchline. But the theme of this year that we're walking into is you can only know real freedom when you've had restriction. And so 2020 set us up real well to (laughs) understand that. And we've had a lot of restriction and I think there is going to be more and we'll talk all about how that might manifest this year. But getting back to this great conjunction because while 2021 started on January 1st, it really started on December 21st, 2020. Or you could kind of think of the first quarter of this year as a continuation of 2020, but either way, I think it really started on December 21st, the winter solstice. And some astrologers like to mark the winter solstice like their own personal new year. I look at the spring equinox as my own personal new year, because Aries is the beginning of the Zodiac. So Mm -hmm. that spring equinox when the sun enters the sign of Aries at the end of March, usually March 20th, we experience that beginning of new life. And so that feels like the new year to me. I'm also an Aries. So that also it's my birthday is six days later. So it kind of works well for my personal calendar, but like, you know, for a lot of people that feels like the fresh start because now the flowers are coming back and we have new life because astrology, you know, really is very Northern hemisphere dominant. Right. So if you live in the Southern hemisphere, it might feel differently for you because that's when things are starting to really go to sleep. It's your fall. But with that said, Astrologers have different takes on like when their personal new year feels like it is. And for most people, it's winter solstice or spring equinox, here at least in the northern hemisphere, because that's where most of the astrologers are that I know. So um, with that said, we really started 2021 on winter solstice because we had this great conjunction. It's the beginning, the end of one 20-year cycle, the beginning of another 20-year cycle. Now, what's the great conjunction mean? It means that Saturn, restriction, caution, slow down, maintain the tradition, Saturn and Jupiter growth risk, let's go, let's have more, more is more. When these two get together, it actually leads to great progress because you have the Jupiter expands what it touches and then Saturn takes it and molds it into something that can be contained and have a structure. Mm -hmm. So when these two met up in Aquarius, Aquarius is a very intellectual sign. It is an air sign. So the air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. You can think of it as, you know, Aquarius is like the mad scientist. He Mm -hmm. also can be the political activist, the humanitarian. Political activist doesn't mean for good always, by the way. So (laughs) we're going to also get into that. But like Aquarius really is about doing something that has an impact on the collective. It's also the sign of our hopes and dreams. So there's this feeling around Aquarius in astrology where it's like, oh, Aquarius is gonna come and it's gonna be all about the collective, and we're gonna take down the patriarchy, and there's gonna be no hierarchy because that's so Capricorn. And I am ready for Aquarius. Let the Sangha be the guru. That is like one thing the Dalai Lama once said, the next Dalai Lama, I think I'm not sure actually the exact quote, but it's something along the fact along the lines of the next. Dalai Lama will be the the Sangha, the community. And there's this idea that when we enter the age of Aquarius, that everyone's going to be equal. And we're going to really understand that because Aquarius does really want everyone to have equal rights. It really wants everyone to have the same freedom of expression. Freedom is really important to Aquarius. Aquarius is very interested in individual freedoms. Some of these are like ringing bells for our political conversation. And there's a reason because the United States has a moon in Aquarius. So regardless of your political affiliation, if you're an American, there is a emotional connection to that idea of individual freedom, right? Mm -hmm. So that's very Aquarian. And the problem that we have when we get really into this Aquarian vibe is that that doesn't work if people don't take personal responsibility. Mm, mm. So everybody being in charge or everybody having equal say is wonderful. But the problem is human beings really like to have someone to blame. (laughs) So, (laughs) so what often happens In history, when we see a lot of Aquarian energy, it can give rise to an authoritarian figure. It can give rise to people wanting someone to just tell them what to do. Yeah. Which is very much the antithesis of America. But you have to realize that, like, all of the signs have low, high, and low vibrations. All of the planets have low and high vibration. So, a really simple example of this is this Aquarius Leo axis. So, Every sign also has a sister sign. So Aquarius is on one side of the Zodiac. Leo is on the other. Leo gets a bad rap for being narcissistic and wanting to be the center of attention. Aquarius gets a, you know, stereotype of just, you know, like wanting to be to its own drum. They both value individualism, but they both really want to belong to something and feel validated more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Aquarius rules our friendships and groups and communities, So when we're talking about Aquarius, there is a strong desire to not only do something with your life that has an impact on the collective, but to also feel like you are a part of something bigger than yourself and that you belong. And so while Aquarians have this weird dichotomy of like, I want to be a rebel and be to my own drum. And there's this feeling that like the Aquarian age because of the musical hair is like this very 60s hippie thing. (laughs) But the 60s hippie thing is kind of more Piscean in a way because Pisces is very, you know, peace, love, and happiness and like spiritual connection. That's more Pisces. Aquarius rules technology and science. So I feel like we are definitely in an era of Aquarius right now, that we are entering an era of Aquarius. But it is not the age of Aquarius because ages have actually nothing to do with planetary movement. It's an entirely different astronomical, astrological system. So when a lot of astrologers right now are talking about this is the age of Aquarius, that's just not true. I don't think it's true. I mean, I guess there, I I would love if it were, I think that's really exciting. Some people think it started in 2012. People have different ideas around it, but by and large, if you look up age of Aquarius on the internet and you go to Wikipedia, it's like, it's a pretty good case for why it's not the age of Aquarius right now. And I'll just leave it at that. You can do your own research, (laughs) but you know, yeah, all of the astrology people that I really value are like, no, this is not the age of Aquarius. So I'm going to say, I agree with them, but also I think it cannot be the age and it doesn't really matter because ages last thousands of years and none of us are going to see the turning of the age. So what does it matter? Mm-hmm. This is still once in a lifetime astrology and we don't have to make it bigger than it is because it's already really freaking big.
2: Yes. And
1: furthermore, we are entering an Aquarian era. I'm using that word because it just, you know, we are going to have a, a, the next decade is going to be very, very much, marked by this Aquarian energy. And it's going to change the way we use the internet. It's going to change the way we use technology. It's going to change the way we look at science. It's probably going to lead to a lot more of this populism and authoritarian dictator like, I don't know what to call it, but like yeah. this this move toward that kind of desire to be led in that way it's probably going to lead to more of this division and people really, really holding so strongly to their values. You know, Aquarius is stubborn. it's a fixed sign. So the fixed sign, we have not only elements, but we have modalities in astrology. And the fixed sign, which fixed signs, which are Leo Aquarius, Scorpio. And Taurus are very stubborn. And so this leads me to my next very important topic for the year, which is that while last year was very much marked by Pluto and Capricorn and the ways that he interacted with Saturn and Jupiter and Mars, this year is all about two guys, Saturn and Uranus. Saturn is in Aquarius. Uranus is in Taurus. And I just told you that they're both fixed signs and they're both very stubborn. So when these two guys square three times this year, it is going to cause a lot of tense, unexpected change. And that's because Saturn. So now Saturn is a little more pliable now that he is in Aquarius. He likes to be in Aquarius. It's his um traditionally he ruled Aquarius in modern astrology. Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, but because he traditionally ruled it, it's still like, it's like his vacation home. Capricorn (laughs) is like his main home, but Aquarius is like his vacation home. And so he's really comfortable there. He's like hanging out in Florida for three years, you know? (laughs) So he is like, he's cool. Like he's really likes it. And he might be, he's a little more flexible there maybe maybe not because Aquarius can be so stubborn, but it's just, you know, Aquarius is Saturn in Capricorn is like, I want to maintain the tradition. And Saturn in Aquarius is like, let's build the future because Aquarius is a futuristic vision.
2: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. So Uranus is in Taurus though. And Uranus is there for quite a few years. Cause again, Uranus is really far away and he moves real slow and Uranus in Taurus is like, not that happy. Like he's already been there for a while and he's just not really excited there. I mean, when Uranus first went into Taurus, we saw a lot of interesting events on the earth. We saw volcanoes erupting. We saw uh, like a bunch of different earthquakes happen. Like Taurus is the fixed earth. Oh, sign.
2: I remember that. I remember.
1: Yeah, that. That's crazy. so Taurus is the fixed earth sign. It's the earthiest of the earth signs. It really digs its heels in and doesn't want to move. And so Uranus is like, Uranus loves to move. Uranus is, is change. He, yeah. he spins on his side. He likes to do everything differently. He wants to be different. He wants to, he wants to stand out. And so, you know, he's in a sign where it's like, no, I want to keep things comfortable and easy going and steady. But now having Uranus in the earth sign of Taurus for quite a few years here. And we're really, you know, we're still pr- pretty close to the beginning of it approaching the middle of it you know, we're seeing the impact on the environment, we're seeing climate change really rear its head, you know, and I'm not surprised that was really the what every astrologer expected, like Uranus is going to force us to make a change on how we approach the planet, and it has to. Mm -hmm. So I think this year, we're going to see a lot of, unfortunately, reasons that we're forced to make changes on how we treat the planet, and how we live our lives. And I don't think that's just because of the pandemic, because Saturn and Aquarius wants what's good for all, you know, and Uranus and Taurus is like crying out for us to freaking do something already. And these guys, when they are in this 90 degree square, they're really going to be in it all year because of Saturn's retrograde pattern. So it's going to be challenging.
2: Um, Just For people who are listening a square means like literally like if you're looking at a chart, they're in a square to each other. And that also means they're three signs apart and
1: Taurus
2: Taurus being an earth sign and Aquarius being an air sign, earth and air don't go together.
1: Right. I I mean, they don't don't go together, but what happens is they are all fixed signs. So the fixed signs are on like a cross, like a quadrant. So just like the cardinal signs are all in a quadrant and the um, mutable signs are all in a quadrant, right? So when something impacts that cross, it's like lighting up that cross and those planets or those I signs see. are going to be impacted. So a square is a 90 degree, um, angle. So it's really hard when you're at one side, if you're at the top of the L and someone is at the other side of the L, right. If you're looking at like a X, Y graph, right. Someone's at the top of X and someone's at the, is X the bottom or the top? I forgot. But <laughs> when, when you are at two sides of an L, at the end yeah. points of an L, you really can't walk toward one another. Yeah. When you have an opposition, when you are on the two opposite sides of the seesaw, you can walk toward one another and find a compromise. And so that's why squares are so challenging, but they're also the things that force us to grow. There are the things that force us to up-level. And yeah. so when Saturn and Uranus get together, Saturn really wants to maintain, it doesn't want to shake things up. Uranus loves to shake things up. So you can expect some unexpected and unwanted changes this year, and that's going to be hard. But the thing about Saturn is we kind of have to trust Saturn because Saturn at the end of the day, while he makes things challenging, it's always for our betterment. It's always for us to grow. And similar to Pluto, you know, when we go through Pluto transits and we go through Saturn, big Saturn transits, and all of us individually experience big Saturn transits pretty much every seven years in our own personal charts. And I'm having one right now actually, because <laughs> Saturn is at three degrees Aquarius and my Saturn's at three degrees Scorpio. You know, it's always something we look back on and go, oh, that was hard, but I'm so glad we did it. And it's sort of like if you look back at January 12th, depending on what your chart looks like and how you know active Capricorn was for you, maybe you are not so impacted by where. Saturn and Pluto met up. But for most of us, many of us, something happened in January or the beginning of last year that was really challenging. I know I was going through something and now I'm like, oh my God, that thing that I spent so much time being upset about, right? I'm so happy that didn't work out because I grew in so many other ways and so many other parts of my life blossomed because I didn't, take that opportunity. Yeah. That opportunity was taken from me. Right. And so that's the thing with Saturn. Sometimes we feel like we're being restricted or something is being taken away from us, but we don't realize that at the end of it, you're going to look back and say, Oh my God, look at all the other things that were able to blossom because I didn't put my time and energy into that thing that Saturn took away from me. So it might feel that way, this year, again, for many of us, and it's definitely going to feel that way for you if you're a fixed sign. So if you are a Scorpio, a Taurus, an Aquarius, or a Leo, this you're up. It's you're up at bat this year.
3: <laughs> this
1: is your time. The cardinal signs get to take a breather. When you say that, do you mean like people like by their sun sign or their rising sign? By sun? their sun sign, by their sun sign. So if your sun is in any of those signs you know, this is definitely your year where it's, you know, it's going to be a little, a little challenging. And then if you have other major planets, of course, so if you've gotten a reading before and you know that like your Saturn, like mine is at like three degrees Scorpio, you know, you're getting that Saturn square. There's other things, of course, we're all being impacted in different ways. Yeah. But as far as sun sign astrology goes, as far as being as general as possible, I would say if you are sun is in one of those signs, Aquarius, Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, then you're going to feel this for sure.
2: I talk a lot about doing the deep work on this podcast. And if you're like many women, you might be wondering, what is the deep work? I've been to therapy, so how is that different? And most important, you might be wondering, all right, Veronica, how do I do it and how will it change my life? If that's you, I've got great news. I've created a brand new, totally free workshop called Attract Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul. In this on-demand workshop, you'll learn why most women do all the right things, read books, listen to the podcast, even go to talk therapy, but nothing changes in their love life. I'll also walk you through my deep work, deep love framework so you know exactly what you can do to start attracting better fitting and healthier relationships. And you'll learn how to overcome the number one obstacle to your love life transforming. Whether you have no idea why you attract who you attract or you know your patterns but you can't seem to shift them, You'll go from feeling stuck to knowing exactly what you need to do to move forward. Again, this workshop is totally free and you can watch it right now. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash soulmate to sign up.
1: Okay, so this Saturn-Uranus square happens every 14 years. So again, big astrology, you know, Mm -hmm. the good thing about this square is that it's going to show us what's not working. And you'll be able to pivot and make the change that you need to make. But I do expect for us to have our personal freedom further restricted, you know? And I said this back in December on my podcast, and I've been saying it this month as well. I see what's going on right now with Aquarius. So Aquarius is an air sign. So it just means that every Aquarius, it helps things grow. It rules airplanes, right? It helps things not grow it helps things fly. It helps things spread. It rules airplanes. So when we're talking about so much Aquarian energy, and we're going to, you know, right now we're recording this in January, come end of January, beginning of February, you're going to have almost all the planets in the sky in Aquarius, other than Mars and Uranus and Pluto. So all that Aquarian energy says that things are going to spread. And so what spreads germs, ideas, thoughts, information, misinformation, all the things that you were dealing with in 2020 are going to be spreading in February. So I think that the first half of this year is going to be challenging. And while we are off to the races with the vaccine And I remember, you know, when the vaccine, Saturn dipped into Aquarius for a few months in 2020. And at the time I said, this is great because having Saturn in the sign that will science is a great time to be developing a vaccine, especially Mm -hmm. one that you need to get out quickly because Aquarius is air. It's going to spread, but the virus is also going to spread. And so we're going to have these two parallel trains, right? You have one train with the vaccine and you have one train with the virus. And the problem is, you know, when is it going to catch up? And so fortunately or unfortunately, depending on you look at it, if you look at it for the collective or you look at it for you personally, we don't have any retrogrades really until we have Mercury retrograding twice. But until end of May, when Saturn retrogrades, there's no slowing down. Like these trains are only getting faster. So the hope is that that train carrying the vaccine, if I want to keep going with this metaphor, is going to pick up a lot more speed. Yeah. Because we see that the social restrictions aren't there. Now, they will be making a comeback because Saturn square Uranus is going to bring back those restrictions. This is a great time personally too, though, if you are feeling oppressed by your responsibilities, whether it's in your work or your life, or your relationship, this is a good year to really assess those and shift them. But the big theme for this Saturn square Uranus, as far as I'm concerned, is the change will take shape out of necessity. Like you're going to be forced to make the change. Hmm. You're going to be responding to something. And that's not a place from which we often feel empowered. So we have to find a way to find our power in that situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the other thing is that, you know, back to Saturn, because we're just talking about him so much, even the last year, you know, you thought it was like, I thought last year was a Pluto year, you know, and Pluto was death and to have a pandemic and so much loss and so much grief. It's like, oh my God, what a Pluto year. I feel like this is a Saturn year because even though Saturn's an Aquarius and often people associate Saturn more with Capricorn, I feel like Saturn is really ruling the sky, especially right now. And for the first quarter of the year for Q1, Saturn is hundred percent in charge. Like he gets the last word all the time. Interesting. So, you know, if you look at, there's a, a technique in astrology called dispositorship. And basically you look at where the, who the planets are answering to. And right now Saturn is everybody's boss everybody is answering to Saturn. So he's going to be everybody's boss until the sun moves. Interestingly, until we get to Aries season. And when the sun moves into Aries, we will have a little, you know, the sun in Aries like, "Mm -mm, no, nobody's my boss. So so once the sun moves into Aries and we get some planets in Aries and they're answering to Mars and Mars will be somewhere else. I think Mars will be in Gemini it'll feel a little more balanced.
3: Okay.
1: For the first quarter of the year, Saturn is in charge. And that means Saturn is going to restrict us. So I will not be surprised if we have more lockdowns. I don't know what the government's going to do, of course, but that's what I would expect. And then, you know, the other thing is, some of the things that you can consider while Saturn is an Aquarius, because he's going to be here for three years. Now it might not be as potent and as intense as it is right now, because we just had that great conjunction and we're on the heels of it. So we're just really feeling that Saturn energy right now. And I don't think this is a three year thing. I think this is a three month thing where it's just going to be this intense, but because Saturn is an Aquarius, it's a really good time to assess Your dreams, your goals, your contribution to society, the social structures that support you, um, your friendships, your community, and all of those things that are ruled by Aquarius, they'll be tested a little bit this year. And they'll be tested over the next three years. And the truth is going to be revealed because Saturn really is always looking to do things the right way. If you're cutting corners in your life, if you're cheating someone, if you're taking the short, easy way out, right? Saturn's going to come to town and say, "Yeah, we got to do a little bit of repentance." Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I've also heard with Saturn, like if it, Saturn rewards uh, when. Okay, so for example, like I guess a year or so ago, I did a reading with Jennifer Reciopi And um, she was like, oh, Saturn's in your second house. So you got to like, you know, hire a bookkeeper, do all the finances and, you know, just level it up and then the rewards. So do you agree with that as well?
1: Yeah. I think that if you've been doing your work, Saturn will reward you for sure. I don't know that it feels like Jupiter, like, oh my God, I like unexpectedly got asked to be on this podcast and like, it's huge. And now a hundred people are knocking on my door to be my clients. You know, I don't know if it feels like that, but it definitely feels like, you know, listen, the kid that does all the hard work and gets all the A's doesn't actually like get the attention. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like Saturn pays attention to the kid that is not coming to class. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that it's more like that. It is good, but it's not, I don't know that it's like the biggest accolades, but it's definitely good. It's definitely good. And I, you know, I think, I think we get scared of Saturn, but I think, you know, he gives you what you need to to grow, and to to blossom. So Mm. it's it's not bad. The other thing I was going to say is that Saturn and Aquarius, Aquarius, interestingly, rules our long-term commitments because it is a fixed sign and it has that ability to stay. It has staying power. So Saturn and Aquarius is really going to be good for long-term commitments. Saturn and Capricorn, also good for long-term commitments, but If you are, you know, in a relationship and you're like deciding, is this really the thing? Like this might be the time where you're ready to really sink in a little bit deeper. And if you are, you know, in a profession and you're deciding if you want to stay in it, this might be the time that you decide to really commit. Um, Whatever's going on for you, just look at that. You know, I also think we're going to see a lot of friendships fall apart, and we're going to see a lot of friendships made because Aquarius rules friendships and the groups that we want to be a part of. If you are not feeling inspired, not inspired, but if you're not really feeling like you're vibing with your group of friends, I think the pandemic has made it really clear to a lot of us who has similar values. And so a lot of people, you know, a friend of mine who's a Scorpio with a lot of Scorpio in her chart, speaking of people with fixed signs. She's lost a lot of friends and given up a lot of friends. And now she's going through a period of possibly leaving the company that she's been affiliated with because they don't share her values. And it's just too important to her. And so you might have a similar experience of like, these people don't share my values. I personally have had that experience throughout this pandemic with lots of friends that I felt like were taking reckless behaviors. And I had to say, listen, like you do what you want, but I cannot see you. Yeah. You know? And so we're going to get another wonderful opportunity to practice our boundaries with Saturn and (laughs) Aquarius. And that's also think about it, you know, Aquarius rules air, air has no boundaries. So it's going to be, that's going to be another theme that I think we're going to see. One other thing that you might want to look at is where you spend your money. So, when we spend our money, it goes out into the world and it goes to work, right? So this is a time where a lot of people are going to start looking at, I mean, you're already seeing a lot of people saying, I'm not going to spend money with Amazon anymore because they don't like the way they handled the pandemic or they don't like the way they're treating their workers or they're making it difficult for their workers to unionize and all of these things. Also unionizing, oh my God, huge Aquarian topic. So you're going to probably see a lot of people trying to unionize and, and a lot of, there's going to be a huge push for, I mean, I think there already is a huge push for universal basic income, such an Aquarian idea. Um, Andrew Yang, who wants to run for mayor in New York city, who ran for president, he was, he was all about the UBI. And I don't know if you ever saw this video, but there's this guy, he's like super ripped. He's I think he's a trainer, and he's on the bus in Manhattan. This is back when he was up in Harlem on the bus. And it's a YouTube video. I don't know what to search because I don't remember the name of it or what his name is, but he starts, which I'm pretty sure this is illegal, but still entertaining. He starts handing out thousand dollars to everybody on the the bus. This is back in the primary, the Democratic primary. And he says, And there's an, oh my God, you're just giving this to me. And he says, vote Andrew Yang for president. You get this every month. (laughs) (laughs) And he kept doing it on the street and on the bus and with everybody and giving them to cab drivers. And it's like the best, most fun video. And everyone's like crying and laughing and people are so happy. And it's like such an Aquarian video, like to see this guy who's like giving his own money away to promote this idea that's going to make everyone's life better. And Andrew Yang actually has a lot of Aquarius in his chart, so he's going to have an interesting year.
2: Interesting, yeah.
1: But I don't know how good he's, how well he's going to do for New York City mayor because he's already had a major misstep. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, I know. Um, But yeah, so that's that's a big that's a big Aquarian theme. This like universal basic income, making sure that everyone is treated fairly. That's super important, and that's something that we're going to be really working with for the next three years with Saturn and Aquarius. So you want to look at where your money is going. You want to see who you're spending your money with. Like if you really value small businesses in your neighborhood, spend your money there, mm-hmm. you know? So that's something. I recently moved my money to a different bank because I was felt like that was really important based on my values. Like mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that you might be considering. Look at who you follow on social media, and who they follow. A lot of people on social media are getting called out now. That is going to be a huge theme that continues for the next three years. You know, there's a woman... On social media, I think she's called the Wellness Therapist. I follow her, and she's calling out all of these social media influencers who follow white supremacists. You might not know it from their content, but they are actively following and commenting and liking on posts from white supremacists. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is really important. Now that we are all hyper connected, you have the ability to see who your connections are connected to. And is that in alignment with your values and who you are? Another thing that you might see is that you might see big tech get bigger. You might also see big tech get cut down, split up, restricted. I'm not sure which way that's going to go, and I'll tell you why. Big tech is what shut down Parler last week. Basically, Amazon, AWS said, we're not going to be your server, and then no other server would pick them up, and they couldn't have a website. That's something that you would see the government do in previous times, but because the government is kind of a you know a little busy slash not there right now, um, we're (laughs) out to lunch. (laughs) Out to lunch. We're recording this
2: before the inauguration, so everyone knows um,
1: (laughs) it'll be interesting. I think Biden's going to have a lot on his plate, and I'm not sure that he's going to make it a priority to get them in line if they're doing the right thing. Yeah, I don't think it is. Which means that they're probably going to have more and more power. Yeah, and what's really interesting enough, is like what happened with Parler last week shows you who's in charge. Now, I'm not saying that they're wrong. I think they're right. And I think that, first of all, Facebook's doing a terrible job of policing themselves. But like, I do think it's really interesting that we needed Amazon to be the one that's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not having white supremacists running rampant on our, on product that we're providing yeah. their, their service, you know? So yeah. I think it'll be really interesting. Does big tech get bigger? Do they get restricted? I'm not sure.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm really, I really don't know. I think the social media landscape is going to change a ton. It's already happening. I've already had someone ask me today to get on clubhouse. I don't even know what that is but apparently it's where everybody is going. Um, so, <laughs> I'm not even on TikTok. I can't, I can't. TikTok really entertaining and I actually really, really love it, but I don't create there. I just consume. But mm. I think what's really interesting is that social media will change. Um, mm. And I think, I think how we use it will change. So the thing with Saturn, again, we're talking about the planet that restricts and gives us boundaries, right? I think we're going to see more and more people like, trying to control their use of their phone because Saturn makes you want to restrict. So I, I think it'll be interesting. Are the are the tech companies going to step in and be like, oh, we want you to only spend an hour on Facebook for your health. I don't know because they want us on there. They're making money with us on there. Right. But I think there's going to be more and more of a push with people wanting to create some boundaries around that relationship, which is obviously. Pretty out of control because we all spend, like I remember when I was a kid, my parents were so worried that I watched so much TV. And like that's a joke now. (laughs) (laughs) I think people would be so happy if their kids were watching like sitcoms. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But every generation has that, right? So we're gonna, we're gonna see what happens with that. And then I think the privacy is going to be a big thing. I think going Saturn Aquarius, we're going to see a lot more information. We're going to see a lot more interest in controlling the information that's out there. So there's not so much damaging misinformation, but there's also going to be a lot more interest in fighting that. And there already is. There's a lot of people out there claiming censorship. And then in addition to that, there's going to, there's a lot of people out there that are like, I'm getting off social because I want to protect my privacy. Yeah. So that I just will want be, be interesting. Clear that
2: like the constitution talks about censorship from like the government. Private companies can do what they want. <laughs> of course. <laughs> just for anyone listening, <laughs> just to be clear about so
1: that. it's interesting. A few, um, I don't know if it was months or weeks ago because the time is like we're in some weird time warp right now. But there was people freaking out on Instagram because they changed their terms of use. And all of these influencers who make their money through Instagram, or they find their clients through Instagram, they were really flipping out. Mm-hmm. And my response to that was, this is a free app. They make their money by selling us stuff mm-hmm. and they could do whatever they want. It's a yeah. private company. If you don't like the way Instagram does their business, then guess what? You go to TikTok, you go to Parler. Well, not parlor now. You go to wherever you want to go. You know what I mean? You go to Twitter. Yeah. I mean, that's the argument for the government too, by the way, Like, because the government wants to shut down Facebook. They don't want them eating up all these companies and creating a monopoly, which I think is really important. And I do think we'll see Some of that possibly happen, but I think it's really interesting. Uh, People really are misunderstanding free speech. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that with Aquarius because the air signs rule communication. Right. Right. So what else? The other thing, and this is the, this is the thing that I'm most scared of with all the Aquarian energy is when we are talking about Aquarius, we're talking about groups of people. And when people come together in groups, there is groupthink, and there is, um, it's easier to be indoctrinated when you are in a community, right? So while community can be really, really healthy and we all like really need it right now, I think online communities are a place where indoctrination happens really quickly and really easily.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And with Aquarius, I think that's going to happen even more so. And these shutdowns are actually so important that are happening right now because this is only going to get worse in terms of people being really taken into like these cults and these dangerous misinformation echo chambers. Yeah. And a lot of the time with Aquarius, and I mentioned this earlier, you do see rise of authoritarian dictators. You do see a rise of socialism or or a desire for a more uh, bigger social safety net, 100%, you know, Biden's going to create a stronger social safety net. That's like just a necessity. Like the pandemic has 100%, I think, gotten most Americans on board with that. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how far that goes. Yeah. The other thing is that Mercury will retrograde. And again, I told you, everything's going to go forward through the end of May until when Saturn goes retrograde but we will have two Mercury retrogrades before then. And this year, and these Mercury retrogrades are going to happen in air signs as well. So we're talking a lot about the collective because we're talking about Aquarius. When the great conjunction happens, it shifted from 200 some odd years of the great conjunction occurring in earth signs. So over that 250 ish year range, we did a lot of building. We created a lot of tangible wealth and now we're going to have 250-ish years of Saturn and Jupiter meeting up in air signs. And that means that we're going to be seeing a lot more building of communication, a lot more value around relationship building, communication, intellectualism, thoughts and ideas. And so this is a shift in where we place our value and where we place our energy and our interest. And so, I mean, I think what the internet is now, we're like not even going to recognize in 20 years. It's going to be so different. Mm-hmm. It might even be a lot more free than it is now. It might be more restricted too, it's a possibility, but it's going to shift for sure. I think with Mercury retrograding, he's going to retrograde January 30th to February 21st in Aquarius. That's what I'm talking about. This February, it's going to be wherever Aquarius is in your chart, you are going, that's your focus for February. There's so much happening in that part of your chart in that house. So the houses in your chart rule different parts of your life. So you can always get a reading to find out more about that. But like if Aquarius is ruling your 10th house, it's going to be all about your career, your vocation, what you're known for in the world. If it's happening in your fourth house, it's going to be all about home. If it's happened in your sixth house, it's physical health and routine, et cetera, et cetera. So Mercury is going to retrograde in Aquarius January 30th to February 21st. And then May 29th to June 21st, it'll be retrograde in Gemini. So, I think both of these are going to give us an opportunity to refine how we communicate, to refine how we interact in our interpersonal relationships, because that's what air does. Air is our communication, it's our self expression. So, if you are working with how you express yourself in your relationship or how you express yourself in your life, even this year is going to give you a lot of opportunities to work on that, to work with that, to refine that, maybe to get over some blocks. If you're having trouble expressing your truth, this will be a year where we're probably going to have a lot of opportunities to work on that. And that's kind of what I had for you. But if you have questions, (laughs) let me know.
2: So sounds like 2021, at least the beginning of it, is going to be an extension of 2020, not necessarily the easiest astrology and still really dealing with the aftermath of last year. Yeah. So everyone was like, you know, when the new year came, like everyone was like, you know, fuck 2020, bye-bye 2020. And I'm like, I mean, I get that the calendar year is changing, but like, is anything else? So
1: astrologically, again, I feel like the new year started on December 21st, but here's how you think about it. Last year, we were talking all about Pluto. Pluto destroys things for the sake of rebirth. For the sake of transformation, Saturn in Aquarius is building the future. So we are literally at the ground, we're building the first step. You know, it's like last year tore everything down. We did our best to rebuild the foundation to start that process. Yeah. And now we're like, okay, what's the first step? How do we start building that ground floor of the house? So Biden's um, slogan- What are we going to live in?
2: So Biden's slogan is like, so Saturn and Aquarius is build back it better. It so is.
1: Yeah, build back better. It was funny. So when Sat when he first came out with that, I was like, oh my God, that's actually really good. Like yeah. Yeah. At first I was like, is it cheesy? I don't know. And then I was talking to our friend, Michelle Mazur, who is the creator of the Three Word Rebellion. And I said- Biden kind of has a good three word rebellion, (laughs) like build back better. Yeah. So he really does. And it's so funny because, you know, his plan came out yesterday and he's putting a lot of money or I don't know if he is, but I know Cuomo in New York is putting a lot of money into infrastructure. I think there's a lot of support from the federal government for infrastructure, which is really exciting and really needed. And that's the thing. Like when you look at Saturn in Aquarius, you look at how are we going to build the future, and so what they're building now. It's like in New York, they've been talking about building the Second Avenue Subway since like the early 1900s or something ridiculous, and they were really going to do it in the 70s, and they didn't because New York went broke, and then now they finally did it a few years ago, but they only made like I don't know three stops, like the most useless thing ever. And then now they're going to next year, because it's money they're getting, they're going to expand it. So it's when you look at astrology and you, and you look at history, you see that where these seeds were planted, right? Mm. so you don't necessarily get to see the fruit when you plant the seed, but Saturn, what's cool about Saturn is that he takes 29 and a half years to go around the Zodiac. So those are seeds that we get to really watch grow and it doesn't go so fast that you don't notice it. And it goes a little slow, but it doesn't go so slow that you forget about it. Like Pluto mm. takes 250-ish years to go around the Zodiac. Yeah. So we're not going to live to see a lot of, I mean, Pluto does transform us for sure. It's one of the most transformative planets, but Saturn gives us these real great opportunities to find these benchmarks. Yeah, And so every seven years, you have some experience with Saturn that's important. And so, this Saturn and Aquarius time, this next three years, is definitely about building the future. And it will be interesting to see how what we build now manifests over the next thirty years. You know, if you think about Saturn and Aquarius, it was in Saturn was in Aquarius when the internet went public. That was the last time Saturn was in Aquarius. Interesting. So there's this um, desire to create a free flow of information to build that for people. And we're in like um, a moment of, we're in an information quagmire right now, right? Like there's too much information. That's the problem right now. Mm -hmm. I guess there's too much bad information, but honestly, there's too much information. I just feel like I could read the news all day and still not read all of the things that I want to read. Um, So I just think there's too much information. There's so many great podcasts. There's so much great stuff out there. It was interesting. I was listening to like a business, some business podcast, or I don't remember, but the person was making predictions for 2021. And they were saying how people are going to double down on podcasts. But it's going to get refined and not everyone's going to have a podcast the way it is now. And I was like, that's so funny because that's so Saturn Aquarius, like <laughs> finding a way to restrict the like overwhelming amounts of information. So we'll see how it plays out. I think that it's exciting. I think that it's good. I think that at the end of the day, while Saturn square Uranus is not my favorite thing, I will take one major thing to watch this year Versus a thousand major things to happen. Cause like 2020 felt like whiplash. Like you're like Mars is retrograde. Now it's squaring Pluto. Now it's squaring Saturn. Now there's two new moons in cancer. And like, I honestly, there were times where I was like, I'm just not going to post about this because I, I just, there's so many things happening, (laughs) you know, it's like, it was, it was exhausting in so many levels. And that's one of the reasons we're feeling exhausted, but we're also been living through, an incredibly traumatic time. You know, I talked to my doctor this week and he was like, if you measured our stress levels as humans now versus world war two versus the black plague, I think now would be the same. Interesting. Like, cause he's saying all of his patients are coming in with varieties of symptoms that are all leading back to the same common denominator, which is stress.
2: Wow.
1: So it's like, we all need a big vacation, but we can't go anywhere quite yet. But my hope is with Saturn Aquarius, the restriction comes early, but then that leads to an ability for us to, to fly, you know? And so we're kind of at that place where the airplane is taking off, but you've got to have your seatbelt on your tray table up, your seat is upright. There's no beverage service yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, what is this thing you speak of? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but that's kind of like imagine that's really where we are. We're like, we're literally yeah. like yeah. We're in takeoff right now.
2: Yeah. All right. Well. And then, of course, people should book a reading with you so they can see how it's playing out in their own personal charts.
1: Yeah. And everyone has a personal experience of this for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be collective experience because whatever, I always say that if you want to know what's going on in the heavens, watch the news. Although my doctor told me this week to stop watching the news because he thinks <laughs> that's creating a lot of stress and anxiety for me, which I don't disagree with him. But, you know, it's true. One of the things, you know, I talked about on the podcast recently, I talked about the terrorist attack on the Capitol, not to bring everybody down, but it's just a really good example of astrology because at that moment, when you're watching it, if you were watching it on TV, as I was at like 3 PM, when it was like really at the height of it, um, Mars was at 29 degrees Aries that day after six months journey through Aries. At 5.30 p.m., Mars moved into Taurus. Mars and Aries can be amazing. I have Mars and Aries, and it's very close to my ascendant. I live my life with Mars and Aries written all over everything I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I jump Maybe first. Mars and Aries, so. <laughs> yeah, like I jump first, ask questions later. And... <laughs> That's how I am. Like I don't really worry about taking risks, and that's the thing. Mars and Aries is like, hey, I'll go first. I'll be the courageous one. I'll be the brave one. I'll, I'll jump and figure it out later. And there's something really beautiful about that. And there's also something really a lot of innocence in that, right? It is our drive. It's our motivation. It's also our sexual desire. It's Mars is imperative to keep the species going. Right. That is the highest vibration of Mars. It is something that gives us life and gives us enthusiasm and rejuvenates us. The lowest manifestation of Mars is anger, frustration, being just so aggressive and over testosterone filled. I don't know what the word is for that. And like, really, just being a complete caveman. Like, that is the over, that is like the lowest vibration of Mars. And it's like, well, we're all human beings and we all have Saturn in our chart and we all have Venus in our chart. So we're not just our Mars, right? Yeah. But if you have like a really unbalanced Mars for some reason, or just some, I don't know, if you just give into that energy too much or that's too prevalent, right? then you're going to see what we saw, you know? And I'm not saying all those people had like bad Mars aspects in their charts. I'm saying that when you are in an echo chamber of anger and when you are constantly being fed information to get you angry, that Mars is going to get overcharged. So at 29 degrees Aries, which is the most 29 degrees of any sign is the most potent experience of that sign. So it's the most intense experience of that. So sign. The capital was
2: attacked, basically, like yeah, most intense. So,
1: yeah, so that day at 29 degrees Aries, we saw this unbelievable terrorist attack take place, and also the military and the police force are ruled by Mars, as is terrorism. I would say is probably something that falls under the Mars umbrella. At 5:30. Mars went into Taurus and that was right when they were securing everything. And the national guard was finally called in and, you know, at six o'clock, the curfew happens. And it was like, it didn't seem like it when you were watching it because we were seeing so many of the images that had happened at like three o'clock, you know, but if you're watching the live images at five thirty and at six o'clock, it was really not that intense. Like there were some MAGA people, but they were just kind of milling about. And I mean, love it or hate it. The police officers in riot gear were like very nicely escorting people out of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was Mars and Taurus. That was Mars like steady, just steady the boat, just keep everything nice and easygoing and comfortable. Let's get everybody out of here safe that's Mars and Taurus. And so we saw that it was like a, it was like a snap of the finger, that shift in energy. Hmm. so So that was a really good example of astrology and how potent it is. And so I always say, if you want to know what's going on in the heavens, watch the news and you'll see it, you know? And right now what we're seeing is the Mars and Taurus. We're seeing the, like, again, everybody's answering Saturn and Saturn's in Aquarius. So now we're seeing Saturn. We're seeing, we're now we're seeing like, okay, we're holding them accountable. What will we do to hold them accountable? We have to make sure that we do it the right way. And we cross all our T's and we dot all our I's. And so if Mars had stayed at 29 degrees Aries for a couple more days, you might have seen something different. You might have seen people being like, you know, no way, get him out of there, counter protest. Like you might have seen something different. But Mars went into Taurus and everybody was like, okay, what is the best way to handle this? Let's ask Saturn. <laughs> He'll know the way. <laughs> um, so that's kind of a good example of how astrology works.
2: Got it. Well, as always, I love having you on the show. Um, gosh, I think we've been talking for over an hour. So hopefully people are still with us. I know that you've Shared where people can find you, but can you let
1: yeah of course
2: obviously there's new listeners, where can they find you? How can they book a so
1: I have a podcast called The Essential Astrocast? It is wherever you are listening to this podcast, you'll probably find it. And I am on Instagram. I share almost daily astrology stuff and other stuff, real housewife stuff, political stuff. Um, and that's at my name at Veronica Peretti And if you want to book a reading with me, you can head over to my new website, veronicaparetti.com.
2: That's exciting.
1: And um, you can book a reading with me You have like there. an astrology
2: yoga club too.
1: So time. yeah. So as Veronica knows, I also teach yoga three nights a week. And it's a group called Online Yoga Club. And every new moon and full moon, we do a restorative practice. And we do a little meditation and journaling around whatever's going on for that new moon and that full moon At the new moon, we set our intentions at the full moon. We do a little release ritual and it's a really nice way to just align yourself with the moon cycle and start to really get to understand the moon cycle and see how you feel around the moon cycle. And that's really the best entry point to astrology is being with the moon because the moon goes through the whole Zodiac every 29 days. So we get a real, full experience each month. So it's a really good place to start.
2: Awesome. And I'm in that. So I'm there. I don't know, not as much as I was with before baby, but I try to be there two days a week. Yeah. No, it's so, <laughs> so nice to anyone have Anyone listening, I would love to see you in the yoga club as well. Um, well, thank you again so much for your time and your wisdom and doing, I know you like have a weekly show, so I don't know if you just look a week in advance. I know you look, you do research for this episode that we do every time. So Thank you for that. And we'll have you on again, I don't know, in the summer, whenever it feels like things are changing again. (laughs) Maybe when summer is retrograde or something. But I just really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, of course. It's so much fun. Always fun to be here.
2: Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean
3: you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip?